Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. What is this? Go down. This is songs from the Disney classic Mary Poppins. Well, yeah, I get that. But as we as we so we're (laughs) we're gonna talk about Disney, but we really ought to up our Disney game from the stuff that was like our parents enjoyed (laughs) to any of the things that my kids watch currently on Disney. You mentioned the law. Your kids don't listen to the show. Well, the parents see all these movies, too. I have seen a heck of a lot of Disney stuff since I watched Mary Poppins 40 freaking years ago. (laughs) (laughs) How do you like this one? Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's to the radical left we go. No? Disney lurching leftward at the behest of their employees, especially in Florida, 
is now in a state of uh, something like political war with Ron DeSantis in the Florida legislature. What's the movie with the two lesbian girls in the little snowman? Whoa, 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 whoa. What now? What's that movie? Frozen? Yeah. Frozen 2? That, that Disney? Frozen Fish Sticks? That's Disney, um, right? Yes. So that, there you go. Or is that, that, that Pixar? Little... Uh, Disney owns Pixar. Disney freaking owns everything, by the way. Look at their corporate chart someday. It's scary. Yeah, let's let's up our game, modernize it a little. Uh, Frozen, which is 10 years old. Anyway, back to you. So here's the deal. When Florida passed their parental rights and education bill, which made the insane assertion that you shouldn't teach six, seven, and eight-year-olds about transgenderism and gender bending and teaching uh, first graders that maybe they're a little girl. Uh, and if even though your parents told you were a little boy, you're probably a little girl, which is all designed, by the way, to wedge uh, to to place a wedge between parents and children so that that uh, the radical left in education can better turn your kid into a little revolutionary and we have people saying that out loud marxist teachers saying that out loud i have 6 months to turn these kids into revolutionaries that sort of thing so anyway when that law passed and the lefty media started calling it the don't say gay bill disney was initially silent But when a bunch of their woke employees got all mad about it, and this is interesting because, generally speaking, if you work for Disney, you toe the line. They have incredibly high standards and zero patience for, yeah, well, I work for Disney, but I'm going to do it my own way. They have no tolerance for that. But a bunch of their woke employees staged a walkout and protested. And so Disney came out and it said, uh, we're, in fact, I don't have this statement in front of me. I wish I did. But they said, essentially, uh, we're not in favor of this law. We think it's bad. We think it's evil. And we want it to be repealed. Okay. So DeSantis and the Florida legislature, uh, legislature didn't appreciate that at all and thought to themselves, hmm, So Disney, which we have coddled for decades and decades, are now going to start bashing us politically. And here's the route they're going. Florida, in the 60s, created these special districts that give like an entity like the Disney Corporation the right to manage its own area as if it's like the Vatican or an Indian reservation or something like that. Uh, they can oversee the land use, environmental protections. It exempts them from a bunch of taxes. It exempts them from wastewater regulations yeah, was, and all sorts of stuff. Were you aware of this? I was completely unaware of this until, like, last week I heard Charles C.W. Cook of National Review talking about it. He lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no idea that they had gone that far in terms of courting Disney back in the days. Like, you get this chunk of land, like it's like an Indian reservation. Yeah. Yeah, and this Reedy Creek district, which is the one we're talking about that encompasses Disney, uh, and there are four theme parks, two water parks, sports complex, hotels, stores, restaurants, etc., is called Reedy Creek. They even have their own fire fire department board of supervisors. That's how they're allowed to use like seven little people down in the mines the way Mm. they do. Mm. Boy, boy. Black lung, always a risk, especially for the smaller of stature, because their lungs are smaller. And they don't even care, apparently, the Disney no, people. No, really exploitive. But uh, these, oh, according to someone who was involved with Disney's uh, finances uh, a few years ago, 
um, but was speaking to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, that special district relationship saves Disney tens of millions of dollars a year. Tens of millions. And so Ron DeSantis uh, ran it up the flagpole. All these uh, agreements that were made back when, hell, LBJ was walking the halls of the White House, uh, they'd have to be sunset. They ought to be reconsidered on a regular basis. And the Senate passed that bill, the Florida State Senate, uh, by a margin of 2316 that would dissolve the special status granted to uh, the company that allows Disney to self-govern. Um, now, how it's going to do in the other house, I'm not 100% sure. But as one analyst put it, Disney kicked the hornet's nest. And DeSantis and the Republican-controlled uh, Florida government said, we're not going to take that from y'all. So how this plays out, ooh, who knows? Looking through the most popular Disney movies of the last decade. Have you seen Soul? We just watched that the other day. No. That was the one that has the John Batiste music in it and everything like that. That's a cool movie. That You would enjoy that. That's uh, that's It's... It's pretty cool. Um, oh, I, I finally, I, I misplaced the statement by Disney when the uh, uh, parental rights bill passed. It's, it's worth reading because you'll understand why Florida is so mad at them. And then we can go back to discussing the uh, more recent over of Disney films. Up is a Disney movie. Hercules is a Disney movie. The Lion King, of course. Jeez, then, you know, that's 30 years old, but at least it's not 60 years old. Wow, Jack's still chewing out the staff. So the, His anger knows no limits. So on the Disney story, um, some of my... You should form a thruple with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Some of my favorite libertarian crowd people are really not liking DeSantis's, uh, you know, uh, cancer culture attempt to go after Disney or whatever. I also, but I find the politics interesting flip the other way. So now all of a sudden the left is okay with Disney, a giant corporation, getting all these tax breaks and environmental breaks and all these different things so that they can make a gazillion dollars. All of a sudden that's cool because they're on your side politically. You don't mind that this corporation i mean remember when um uh, amazon was going to go into brooklyn and aoc uh, didn't want that to we're not going to let them get any special tax breaks to bring jobs to brooklyn no way but disney did that on a level i don't know if it's ever happened in the united states on this level the way it did in florida back in today and now all of a sudden they're the heroes of the left so the politics always get very confusing hmm. on these stories why it's as if they don't have any p- principles at all it's as if they pretend to have principles just to get over and then abandon them the second they're inconvenient how shocking and yes i am looking at you aoc and not just because you're hot anyway (laughs) so disney here's their statement florida's hb 1557 also known as the don't say gay bill wait a minute wait a minute is it also known as wood Why would a major corporation that gets enormous tax break, well, putting that aside, why would an enormous corporation go with the propaganda name used by the progressive progressive media? Why? I'll keep reading. Florida's, Florida's HB 1557, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, should never have been passed and should never have been signed into law. Our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts, and we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights and safety of the LGBTQ plus members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBTQ plus BBQ community in Florida and across the country. You know, I'm reminded of the uh, whole tax-exempt status for certain 
uh, charities and churches and that sort of thing when they're overtly political organizations. You know, you you can't have your uh, Mickey Mouse themed cake and eat it too, Disney. Well, we'll see where this goes. And <laughs> that's, that's and we good. and we although again, it's like that's a ninety year old reference, really. Although Mickey's still a symbol, right? Yeah, he's a symbol. Yeah, exactly. Nobody. Well, my kids watch. Is it on HBO Max? Someplace you can find all. Well, it's probably on Disney, you moron. It's yeah, on Disney idiot. Plus. <laughs> anyway, my kids love the super old timey ones, and and they like how old yeah. it is because at the beginning it tells you what year it is, and then watching. You know, not just Steamboat Willie, but any of the old black and white stuff and seeing on there, good gosh, this is from 1935 or whatever. They they find that fascinating. Um, I had a point here. Uh, oh, yeah, if I work for a company, whether I'm a worker there or I'm a stockholder for a company, quit getting involved in political issues at all, whether I agree with them or not. I just, just don't do that. Let's just make our widgets or give people, kids ride on the teacups or whatever it is we do. Let's just do that to as many people for as much profit as we can and stay out of political issues. Yeah, the the fashion of what's the term that people throw around for the woke uh, the woke corporate thing? There's a, there's like a hip that. term the the uh, woke uh, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I like when you groan like that though when you're uh, trying to think. Uh, <laughs> Get off my lawn! Like your brain, uh. like your brain makes noises, like you're lifting something heavy. <laughs> How do you know it doesn't? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, this this trend of corporations having to just show off how woke they are. Good lord, please let this be short lived. Uh, but anyway, Florida has a representative government. They vote their legislators and their governor in and out, in or out. So this will play out according to the will of the voters of Florida, and I think it's perfectly fine. You get tens of millions of dollars in tax breaks for reasons that are, you know, 58 years old, and and yet you're going to kick the hornet's nest of politics. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Michael Mouse, his legal name. Did Joe Biden just say, sometimes we will speak softly and carry a large javelin? I think he did. But he's uh, giving a speech right now and answering some questions, and he talked about this new aid package we're giving to Ukraine. We can run down some of the details on that. Are you watching Univision and they're doing a bad job of translating or what? (laughs) Uh, All that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're facilitating, we're the outfit facilitating the significant flow of weapons and systems to Ukraine from other allies and partners around the world, like the S-300 long-range anti-aircraft systems that Slovakia recently transferred to Ukraine. We are getting them in there. We won't always be able to advertise everything we, uh, that our partners are doing to support Ukraine and fight for freedom, but to modernize Teddy Roosevelt's famous advice, sometimes we will speak softly and carry a large javelin, because we're sending a lot of those in as well. Oh, I get it now. Okay. So President Biden, just a few minutes ago, unveiling uh, the $800 million in military aid to Ukraine, including heavy artillery, which Zelensky has been howling for because it's going to be that kind of a battle it's going to be a land battle like from 75 years ago tanks 
Heavy artillery, we sent them dozens of howitzers, drones, ammunition. And uh, he also announced a ban on ships flying a Russian flag from entering U.S. ports. Surprised we hadn't done that already. Um, then while we will announce many details of the arms that we're shipping, a lot of the weaponry we will keep secret for obvious reasons. I was watching Mike McCall, who's uh, the Republican, uh, the ranking Republican on a number of committees that deal with this sort of thing. He said, we're making sure we don't send any stuff that if it fell into the Russian hands would be a real problem, but we're sending the best that we can other than that. But so I guess we have better stuff, but... We don't want, you know, if the Ukrainians got overrun, that all of a sudden the Russians have our technology. So you have to play, you have to put that into account, I guess. Right. And uh, credit to Biden. That was a very reasonable statement describing a very reasonable policy where we don't want to disclose everything because we're like the rich relative in a hand-me-down scheme right now. This may be the most important part of this is that all sorts of countries that are near Russia, that hate Russia, that were subjugated by the Soviet Union, are donating all sorts of heavy armaments to the Ukrainians. And we're saying, okay, you guys donate all that Soviet-era stuff, the Russian-made stuff that the Ukrainians can quickly adapt and use with very little training, and we'll give you even better, more modern stuff. So we're also sending... President Biden said a half a billion dollars, $500 million in emergency funding to maintain their government so they can keep their government open and people paid and do so their government doesn't collapse. And I just wanted to point that out, that the worst country on earth, the uh, evil, racist, uh, selfish, capitalist United States of America, once again, is uh, coming to the rescue as it does everywhere. There's a disaster anywhere in the world. We're the first ones in with the most money, all that taxpayer money. And you don't hear anybody howling about it for the most part. Uh, but anyway, so there you go. I thought, thought this was interesting. Tucker Carlson did a segment on how the left has turned on Joe Biden to a certain extent yesterday. Um, Because polls go up and down, but usually when your guy is down, you don't really spotlight the polls that much. But meet the press, face the nation... CNN, a lot of other shows have been kind of highlighting these low poll numbers. Here's an example of them digging into the most recent polls on CNN and putting a particularly negative spin on them, I thought. These numbers kind of differ. They range from the low 30s to the low 40s. Low 40s is not good either. But what's key is the lowest are tied for the low for the pollster. Lowest here. Lowest here. This is one point off the lowest. Lowest here. And when you have three or four pollsters showing the lowest numbers for the president of the United States, that is indicative of a president who's in a lot of trouble, at least to where he has standed historically. This is the lowest for anyone who was elected to the presidency and didn't get up there through the vice presidency. This is a really, really, really bad number. So they went out of their way to, like, carve out a new special section, which is presidents who weren't vice presidents first. He's got the lowest numbers ever. But that is an attempt to spin it worse than it even even is, right? I mean, when you're trying yeah, to carve out ca- categories, that's the sort of thing you'd expect to do on Fox. None of that's not true, but you're you're shining a lantern on the worst aspects of the polling. Right, I would agree. One of the more interesting reports I heard, I wish I could remember who did it. It's one of your conservative-ish uh, outlets, but they sent somebody onto Capitol Hill to see if they could find a single Democrat who would go on the record advocating Joe Biden running for re-election, and none would. Zero. By the way, so the Quinnipiac, 
Quinnipiac poll, which had the uh, had him in the 30s last week, is a bit of an outlier. But if you use the real clear politics average of major polls, Joe Biden is just a tick lower than Trump was at this time. Joe Biden has got lower average major poll approval in this country than the crazy, ridiculous, how did we elect him? He's a disaster, Trump. I'm using the left's words, obviously. Clearly, yeah. Um, isn't that something? That is, who, who, who saw that coming? Well, I think a lot of us. Armstrong and Getty. North Central has taken the lead here in game one. Oh, oh, my. Oh, no. Oh, no. That was out of nowhere. Woodward just attacking the... Sorry, I just... Phillips right there. And he'll step on home plate and Cal Stark with some sportsmanship going, but... All right. Um, uh, Boy, uh, that guy is not going to be a major league play-by-play guy. So what level of baseball was that, Hanson? Was that? It's a junior college. Junior college. I was going to say, by, by the level of announcing in which the announcer told us nothing that was happening. If I didn't hadn't seen the video, I would have taken nothing away from that play-by-play. No idea what was going oh, on. Oh, man. <laughs> Look at that. He really got him. <laughs> So There's guy a hits a home run. Yeah. Guy hits a home run. He's rounding third during his jog, and the pitcher uh, runs over and blindsides and just lays the guy out like a like a um, like a safety taking out a receiver. Yeah, brutality. Not cool. I mean, it's it's a bad feeling giving up a home run. I've done it several times. There was one a dude hit. I'll remember till my dying day. It may still be in the air. <laughs> he hit it so hard. But you generally don't commit assault in battery. You think, eh, he got me that time. So we're going to play a clip here in a second of the president who just spoke and answered a couple of questions. Him, uh, well, well, we'll decide what he does there uh, after we play it, I guess. It's around the masks and the border and COVID and that sort of stuff. I just want to mention this first. I was watching the news last night, and uh, the breaking news that happened, we haven't even mentioned this today, that the CDC is going to challenge that decision by a judge to say the CDC doesn't have the right to make you wear a mask on a plane. So they're going to challenge that. And, um, you know, that'll go wherever it's going to go. But uh, for now, you don't have to wear a mask on the plane. And I'm watching ABC News last night, and they had a reporter saying, well, it's getting very difficult for flyers, of course, because, for instance, in Philadelphia, they now have masks indoors again as a mandate. So if you fly into Philadelphia, you wouldn't have a mask that you have to wear on the plane, but you would have to wear a mask in the airport. It can be very confusing for travelers. And I thought, is it? Is it really that confusing? Because I feel like you just explained it pretty simply, pretty quickly, and I think I fully comprehend it. Like, no caveats, <laughs> no questions, no no kind of stumbling through this. I think I, first of all, there's only one city in America that has an indoor mask mandate, so it only applies in one way. If you're not going to Philadelphia, it doesn't apply at all. And even if you are going to Philadelphia, I think you can wrap your head around 
the 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 Gordian knot that is. So I don't have to wear a mask on the plane, but I do in the airport. Okay. Well, a that just shows what the network news people think right. of their audience, and and b that ain't the half of it. People <laughs> having been people having been freed from the idiotic COVID theater necessity of wearing a mask on a plane are now going to be told by the feds, perhaps if they find the right friendly appeals court. Told by the feds, no, yeah, put it back on. I tell you what, flight attendants, put up your dukes, because it's about to get really, really hairy. There's no freaking way that's going to happen. And my other favorite aspect of this story (laughs) is that, so the judge rules, no, this is overreach, it's unnecessary, blah, blah, blah. And the Justice Department is asked, are you going to appeal? They say, well, uh, it's up to the CDC, whether they think we should still have a mask mandate. And it takes them 48 hours to say yes. You had a mask mandate. The judge overturned it. it. Took you 48 hours to answer the question of whether you think we should continue to have a mask mandate. Well, it, that's a political thing. They were getting pushed from the Twitter left. Uh, how come you aren't fighting this? So they had to show they're fighting it because the 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 the, the COVID forever crowd. But I just I find that hilarious. No, it's yeah. very yeah. confusing for travelers. So as opposed to the. Um, I have to wear my mask while I stand here to walk to my table, but I get to take it off because that's not confusing to people at all. But. Oh, no, no. We all understand why that's so important. You know, the whole Philadelphia thing might be confusing to a dog. Uh, not your smarter breeds, no, but kind of your your friendly, dopey dogs. They might be confused yeah. by that. Your smarter dogs could figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. So we'll play with the, you what. The, the question and the answer from the president and see if he was confused or spinning next. So the full... The full shape of the Simply Safe home security system, and give us a, just a minute to tell you about it, is that it will uh, uh, monitor your home, keep your home safe from from criminals, from fire, from even flooding. For instance, uh, the story of Terry away for the weekend for her daughter's wedding. She got a call from Simply Safe's twenty four seven professional monitoring center. They told her, "Hey, your system has detected water in your basement." They nipped it in the bud. They uh, avoided what could have been tens of thousands of dollars in damage. And uh, I mean, the incredibly small expense of Simply Safe. Boy, did that pay off. Yeah, I'd say I got to admit I didn't even know Simply Safe could do that sort of stuff. The twenty four seven professional monitoring in all kinds of different ways to protect you, your family, and your home, and less than a dollar a day for all that. And with all, all due respect to the flooding thing, which is interesting, uh, bums and junkies are running around your neighborhood, man, you want Simply Safe for that? Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Bellboys, Jack, you got bellboys, freaks, bring your bags up to the room. <laughs> That's them. I'm not talking about you folks. <laughs> Customize the perfect system for your home in minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. No long-term contracts, less than a dollar a day. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, Elvis. Boy, everybody's pretty bleary-eyed around here, having smoked a bale of pot yesterday on 420. Really just uh, everybody barely functioning, of course, but... I've asked everybody to wear name tags because I just can't remember anybody's name. I haven't heard this yet, so I've just seen Twitter headlines, which are practically useless. Uh, President Biden just spoke, took a couple of questions. Let's hear how this went. Mr. President, Mr. President, I'm Title 42, sir. Are you considering delaying lifting Title 42? No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, my, uh, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department. Because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the 
scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. Thank you. So, yeah, I think that is what happened. He answered the mask question. Uh, Are they going to challenge that when they were asking about Title 42, the border situation? Is that the way you take that? Uh, No, I thought he specifically said Title 42. He did. But I don't think the language after that fits in with what's going on. Maybe I wasn't listening for the right thing. Can you play it again? Mr. President, Mr. President, President, on Title 42, sir, are you considering delaying lifting Title 42? No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, my, uh, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department. Because as a matter of principle, oh. we be the, able to be in the Justice Department is an appealing Title Forty Two is an executive order by the scientists that we need Title Forty Two that we'd be able to do that. But there has been wow, no decision right. on extending Title Forty Two. Thank wow, you. you're right. He think he thought title. He was talking about Title Forty Two, but he meant masking on planes. And then at the end, he realized what he'd done and, and kind of corrected himself. Wow, that's not good. No. It's not good. No, it is not. He's oh, not boy. sharp. Everybody knows that. And it's, you know, it's, it's sad and it's going to happen to all of us probably. But that's where we are. You can't keep yeah. this stuff straight in his head. You got to be able to keep a lot of stuff straight in your head when you're president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, of course. Uh, there, oh, speaking of uh, immigration, the outfit that has been watching immigration trends and policy and predicting uh, numbers, Princeton Policy Advisors, estimates that uh, last year's 1.7 million border encounters, and, and what did we say? How many? 221,000 stopped in one month alone, tens of thousands released per month into the U.S. Uh, every single month and told, you know, we're probably going to have a hearing for you in a few years so show up if you think of it which is just unbelievable that 1.7 million is going to be 2.1 million this year so even more hundreds of thousands of people pouring in Uh, there was a washington post quasi article it was really an editorial um here it is bussing migrants halting trade governor abbott bets future on divisive border plans and it, they just, oh, it is just a, a, a stew of open border progressive crap. Okay. Masquerading is a news article. My question to those people is, is the uh, immigration law of the United States of America that a million people a year can pour in with no paperwork, no permission, no visa, no nothing. And we just have to let them stay. Is there anything even approaching that? In U.S. immigration law? Well, of course not, is the answer. How in the name of heaven can a thinking adult, and I think I know the answer to this question, can a thinking adult pretend like that's okay? I just think they have a bizarre political ideology, and and since the facts are so squarely, monumentally against them, they just won't recognize the facts. We have a bit of a breaking, unimportant news story, but I just wonder if we have anybody listening who saw it live. So we are fortunate to be on radio stations all across the country now, but we have been on in San Francisco for almost 20 years, 19 years. And um, 
which is very, very cool. I'm very, very proud of that. But a, With fantastic ratings. Fantastic. A JetBlue flight that was leaving San Francisco this morning for Florida. I doubt it's gotten off the ground yet because this just happened. Mike Tyson beat the crap out of a passenger Whoa. on the plane. Did not see that coming. Yeah, and that's a guy you don't want to. I realize he's 55 now, but I still don't want him to punch me in the face. Um, apparently, um, somebody asked him for a selfie. He said, leave him alone. There were a couple other words said. Then the former heavyweight champ reached his breaking point, leveling the man with a flurry of blows. The man oh, left with a bloody boy. forehead and uh, went to speak to the police. So anybody on that plane? Anybody on that plane? Anybody see hey. Mike Tyson beat the crap out of somebody on a jet blue flight in San Francisco today? We got a clip here of a guy filming what had happened. Okay. Wow. JetBlue, map flight. Boy just got beat up by Mike Tyson. Turn that way. Yeah, he got f***ed up. Just trying to ask for an autograph, man. I don't know what happened. Hey, why is Mike Tyson flying JetBlue? That's like a super discount airline. I don't know. Maybe his, uh, you know, his, his, his tigers are eating them out of house and home. <laughs> All those face tattoos aren't cheap. Right, right. Wow, that's an odd story. God, among people I don't want to get punched by. Even a middle-aged Mike Tyson, I'd rather he didn't punch me in the face. And a, a flurry, flurry of blows. Yeah, exactly. And he's On been, FOB. Huh? And he's been training lately, right? Right, to, to fight other middle-aged men. Right, right. The popular sport of elderly boxing here in the crumbling Roman American Empire. <laughs> anyway, we got other stuff to get to, too. Hope you can stick around for that. Now, I don't paint all of those very wealthy people as racist, anti-Semites, and whatever, uh, Trumpian, but that's how they vote. So that is Nancy Pelosi at some meeting or another, some fundraiser probably, explaining that not all Republican donors are Trumpian racists. They just vote that way. Thank you, Nancy, for that kind and even-handed appraisal of the right side of the aisle. Speaking of which, we talked uh, at fair length yesterday about the utterly repugnant, inexcusable behavior of the Washington Post and Taylor Lorenz, their awful, awful uh, pseudo-journalist doxer-in-chief who just hunts down normal people who express opinions she doesn't like and tries to ruin their lives. And uh, and the reaction to it has been gratifyingly uh, strong. I'll just say that. Including a piece I came across from Madeline Osborne, who, uh, who's, uh, the title is Taylor Lorenz's attack is so clearly agenda driven that it will be laughable if it wasn't so dangerous and appalling. And she gets into the uh, obvious viciousness of a giant newspaper owned by a mega billionaire seeking out an average person with a uh, work a day job, uh, uh, you know, just a, a person in the real estate business, not a rich person at all, just an average person. Um, and seeking them out and trying to ruin their life, trying to dox them, trying to give their address and phone number online so the the most possible woke lunatics can target them and poss- possibly hurt them. 
The idea that the Washington Post is engaging this is just horrifying to me. But uh, Madeline uh, Osborne points out that within the article is this a, a couple of times mentioned theme that the owner of the Libs of TikTok account, I'm sorry, that's the one we're talking about, the Libs of TikTok account. It, it features videos of lunatic far lefties, uh, in, most specifically those who are preaching how proud they are to be teaching your small children, preschoolers, kindergartners, first graders, about uh, a queer theory, about radical queer theory, uh, that sort of thing. So anyway, Libs of TikTok features those videos, and for that reason, a lot of people have realized how insane a lot of education is. So the forces on the left, including the reprehensible Taylor Lorenz and the increasingly shameful Washington Post, um, decided to try to ruin her life and hurt her. But anyway, okay, sorry. So I should have said that up front. But the one vein that runs through this article that people have noticed is that for some reason, Taylor Lorenz is portraying this gal, working class American who runs this... Uh, this uh, a Twitter account as a powerful Orthodox Jew who is shaping the media from behind the scenes. And a fair number of Jewish people are saying, uh, wait a minute, WAPO, uh, are you actually publishing the notion that there are, quote, powerful Jews pulling the strings from behind the scenes, which is a long time anti-Semitic trope? You know, sometimes I think objections to it are a little overblown. I mean, if, if somebody Jewish does something I don't like, I'm allowed to criticize them for it. And and we work with people of all sorts of faiths and descriptions, including some people of the Jewish faith who are absolutely treasured colleagues and friends. And I suppose sometimes they're behind the scenes. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not a knee-jerk guy on this. But her orthodox Jewish beliefs have zero significance to the story. They don't enter into it at all. Um, but she goes ahead and, and, and pitches that thought anyway um, in, in the uh, service of promoting the greater uh, framework of the article, which is that this woman's libs of TikTok's article, or, or account rather, is somehow driving angry lunatic right-wingers. And what's really interesting about this, and uh, and Madeline also makes this point, is that they skip over completely the question. They don't even ask the question, why are these people on TikTok posting videos bragging about leading the kids to a different ideology than their parents? I mean, that's a pretty interesting question. I mean, the fact that they're doing it in the classroom is something. But the fact that many, many of these crazed progressives get online and brag about it, that question even isn't, isn't even addressed in the article. It's just about the, the evil Jew who runs libs of TikTok. It's hard to believe this was even published. As Matt Taibbi wrote in a follow-up piece, um, if the Columbia Journalism School offered a class called dog poop exposés, except he uses the S word, uh, this would be on the prospectus. Garbage. It's dog ass. Uh, speaking of the S word, that reminds me, Jake Tapper dropped an S bomb on CNN yesterday, perfectly appropriately quoting a Russian billionaire oligarch 
who has come out against Putin very bravely. We'll have to mm-hmm. read to you what this oligarch said, maybe to uh, get into hour three. If you ever miss an hour of the show, you can grab it at armstrongandgetty.com. Oligarchs turning on Putin could turn into an avalanche, couldn't it? Yeah, I've seen stories that that's happening behind the scenes in the Kremlin. There's increasing dissent, but it's tough to nail down. Tough to know how seriously to take it. This guy came out loud and proud with his name and face and everything else, which is a brave thing to do in Russia. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.